This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Marvel Podcast. I'm your normal host, Ronnie. Here the past couple episodes, I've had rotating chairs of host as we talked about lots of Marvel stuff between TVs, movies, comics. Today, my co-host is an actual writer for Marvel amongst other publishers. That is my good friend, Mr. Colin Bunn. Hey, Ronnie. How are you? How's it going, man? It's good. I like that uh, the way you announced yourself as your normal uh, host, as well, if you had to clarify <laughs> with people that you are normal versus well, abnormal. That's true. There has been a couple episodes where I have missed, and other people have taken over. So, I got you. you know, I got you. now I'm not that normal, but you know. All right, whatever you got to tell yourself, man. <laughs> so yes, I want to dive right into it. You are currently on X Men Blue for Marvel. Yes. You um have as guardians of the galaxy coming out in september correct let's see i'm missing one i know i'm missing one well i've, I've got deadpool assassin uh, that's which is currently coming out yeah, uh, yeah. for marvel yes. yeah yeah and then you have like between you and matt kent and jeff lemire i don't know how you guys even like sleep let alone eat because of how many books you guys got coming out we used to uh the three of us used to joke that if uh, if we were ever traveling on a plane together, it might be dangerous because <laughs> if if something happened, uh, it might it might crush the comic book industry for a few months. <laughs> but uh, but we've got you know now you've got you know Charles Soule he probably produces more than we do these days, and I think there's a couple of new guys that are out there that are uh, that are act- that are probably doing more books than we do, or but uh, but. But they probably haven't caught up to uh, to us in our heyday yet. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> they're gonna have to. You guys are gonna have to step it up. Yeah, I know. We'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to. We'll have to call a. We'll have to call a meeting of the comic book Illuminati <laughs> and uh, and and figure out how we can up our schedule again. <laughs> so, with that being said, you have you have a Kickstarter coming out called Metro. Yes. Which I have backed. Thank you. Um, would you like to tell everybody? about it and where they could back it at yeah um so metro it's coming to a close so you only have a you know i think as of this recording we only have like uh you know 68 hours or something like that right uh that it's still open but there's still time uh metro is a book that i am co-writing with uh a gentleman named brian quinn who people may know from 
the TV show Impractical Jokers, or they may know from a podcast that he does called Tell Him, called Tell Him Steve Dave. Um, and it is illustrated by Walt Flanagan, um, who you might know. Uh, he's a comic book artist who's who's done books like uh, Batman, The Widening Guy, or... Mm-hmm. And uh, and things like that, but he also is on a show called Comic Book Men on AMC, and he's also on the podcast Tell Him Steve Day, <laughs> and uh, and it is a it's a very dark, very dark uh, urban fantasy story. It's uh it's the story of this uh, this guy named Hunter Murphy who uh, dies of an overdose, a drug overdose, and then a few days later wakes up in the city morgue. He has no idea uh, what happened to him. He doesn't know how he got there. He doesn't really even know anything about himself. Uh, the only reason he knows his name is because it's on the toe tag he's wearing. Um, but he seems to have these strange, the strange connection to the city of New York around him. The city seems to respond to his uh, both his unconscious and conscious whim, and uh, and he has to figure out why he has these these strange abilities and and what's you know what's driving him, how he ended up coming back from the dead and and things like that and it and it just uh it gets more, much you know more and more complicated for him as as the story goes along but it's a you know it's a very violent 120 plus page graphic novel uh not for kids at all not <laughs> for the not for the faint of heart and uh and we're real excited to to be we've, this is a book we've been working on now for a couple of years so uh you know we are excited to finally have the opportunity to bring it out awesome so you just go to kickstarter.com and slash metro. Yeah, I think if you just, if you go to Kickstarter and just search metro, it'll be one of the it, it should be the first thing that uh, that pops up, and it's just metro, and it, I think the title of it is Metro: A Very Dark Urban Fantasy. Right. Um, but yeah, if you type in metro on Kickstarter, it'll be the first thing that you see. Yeah. <clears throat> and and with that, you had Shadow Roads come out last week. Yeah. Yeah, Shadow Roads is a, a sort of a follow-up. I, ha- I don't like to call it a sequel to The Six Gun uh, because it's such a different story. Right. But it's a follow-up to uh, the book I did, The Six Gun, which ended uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's a it's a you know a, a a fantasy story set in the old west. Um, this one very much a uh, sort of an ensemble cast. We've been calling it uh, sort of like a BPRD style book set in the old west. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we it came out. The first issue came out on Free Comic Book Day. It was one of the books you right, could get on you Free go. Comic yeah. Day. Yeah. And then uh, they re-released the 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 first issue again uh, last week. And like I said, it's the same way we did the six we did the six gun the same way. You know, six seven years ago we released it on Free Comic Day, and then we we released the first issue again. You know, for sale for people who couldn't get it on that day. And yeah, it's uh it's it's out there. This one's a little different. In that uh, Brian Hurt, who was the artist on the Six Gun, is now the uh, he's co-writing it with me. Awesome. So Brian's co-writing it with me, and and uh, it's being illustrated by AC Zamudio, who's uh, just a I mean she's an amazing talent. Uh, I did a book with her a while back called uh, Death Follows. Yes, that's out that's, Dark Horse. Yes, um, that's one of my favorite books of yours, actually. Strangely well, enough. Well, you're a twisted human being. But, <laughs> well. uh, <laughs> but no, uh, it's, she's awesome, and uh, and yeah, it, I think uh, you know she's a she's an amazing talent. So I'm excited that she is, you know, she's on this book and and drawing it. And yeah, we're working on our we're working on the third arc right now. So 
Well, I'm glad you brought up the free comic book day because uh, I had a question for you about that. Yes. Like, like pr- given the first issue for free on free comic book day, um, was that something that you guys planned to do? Or because you know usually it's like a side story or a setup story for like free comic book day, kind of to yeah. wet the whistle to get you in to buy the rest of the series. How did that? How did you guys well, decide to do that? Well, it, like I said, it all stems back to that you know to to the first issue of the Six Gun, and when we were working on that book, you know we went back and forth about what we would do to kind of you know spread the word and. Uh, one of the things, I mean, we did talk at that time about maybe just releasing the first half of the book or something like that on Free Comic Day. But Brian and I both felt very strongly that, uh, one, we wanted readers to get something special, you know, out of that Free Comic Book Day issue. We didn't want them to get a reprint or, or half a story or a preview. Right. We wanted them to get the full, the full book because we felt strongly about uh, the content, and we, we really felt strongly that if, if people read the first issue even if they read it for free that they would come back for more so we were banking on on the quality of the story and the quality of the art uh to bring readers back for more uh with with the six gun and it it proved to be a successful uh strategy with that book so um first of all it just felt right this being you know the the spirit the the successor to the six gun right I mean, it does take place in in the same world, you know, in the world of the six gun. Right. But it felt right to do to to do that again, and uh, and yeah, once again, we wanted people to to read the whole story. We didn't want there to be any doubt in their minds of what they would get, you know. So so yeah, we just uh, you know, it's kind of like you know, we're putting all our our eggs in one basket. We're saying this is the book, you know, it's it's free, but what we're hoping is that people who read that book will will follow it up and continue to read the book. Yeah. And, and I wasn't like trying to knock it or anything. Cause I think that's awesome that because a lot of the free comic book day books are like just previews or set up stories or whatever. So yeah. I thought it was really awesome that the whole first issue was out there a couple months before you can even buy the first one. So, yeah. And you know, it's just one of those things. We just wanted to try something different with it, you know, just like with six gun and, uh, and you know we'll see. Hopefully, knock on wood. You don't see me knocking on my desktop over here, <laughs> but uh, knock on wood, it will pay off, and people will will continue to read the book. Right. And then, so for aftershock, you had done Unholy Grail, which wrapped yes. up, and now you're doing two books for them currently, which is Brothers Dracul yes. and, and Dark Ark. Correct. And I also do the Aftershock Central podcast, and. The guys talked about Dark Ark last episode, but that taking the whole story and flipping it, I don't know, not really flipping it on its side, but having a different perspective of that story really adds a whole cool, creepy element to it because it's, yeah. the, it's the whole yin and the yang part of it, right? <laughs> right. So, um, and this is, uh, we're two issues in on the second volume of yes. it, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, Brothers Dracul is about Vlad as a teenager. <laughs> right. Yeah, both of those books, um, they have. I think they have interesting origin stories. Um, you know, uh, Dark Ark uh, was a book that honestly was a joke for me. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dark Ark was a book that was a joke for me. 
um, in a lot of ways. I was just a it was a it was a concept that I've I've just kind of amused myself with for for years. You know, it's just I thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if there was another arc full of monsters? <laughs> right. And uh, and and I just kind of joked around with it. I you know every now and again I would tinker with the idea just to you know to kind of pass the time. But it was not a book that I was actively pitching to other publishers. And uh, and when dark when I started talking to uh, AfterShock about you know doing stuff with them. It was one of the, you know, it was one of the things I sent to them just, you know, just on a lark. I didn't think they'd take it. I was just, you know, filling paper. You know, here's some other ideas. Right, right. <laughs> and that was one of the ones they really gravitated to. And when that happened, I had to, I was, was kind of like, wow, now I really have to take this thing serious. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, because in a lot of ways, it's kind of an, an absurd idea. And and there are things in the story that are kind of goofy you know uh mm-hmm. the unicorns in dark art for instance are you know they're they're humorous characters uh because they don't think they should be on an arc full of monsters they think they should have been on noah's ark right and uh you know there there are things like that that, that we kind of come back to this as these little hu- humorous elements but it's it's all kind of all even the humor has sort of a uh a, a dark edge to it and uh and uh it's just been a fun book for me taking it which was originally sort of a joke idea for me and turning it into a serious book and and the reaction to the book's been very positive people it first of all i think it's a concept that people get from the title alone you know they see the title yeah they know exactly what that book's about right. you know <laughs> yeah and uh and i you know i think readers have really gra- you know really grabbed onto it and have enjoyed it and i don't I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for announcing this, but yeah, we're starting on the third arc right now. So, uh, you know, we're continuing the story on from the second arc, and uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to to for where it's heading next. Uh, and then, you know, Brothers Dracul, um, I had done, you know, I like you mentioned uh, the book Unholy Grail that I had done with uh, the artist Mirko Kolak, mm-hmm. and as that book was wrapping up, Mirko emailed me and said, hey. Can we do something else together? He said, I really want to do a book about Dracula. Mirko apparently really loves Dracula. And uh, I didn't want to do a Dracula book. I didn't want to do a book about, you know, Dracula the vampire. Right. I wanted right. to try something a little different. So when he get, sent me that email, I very quickly called up, you know, some research and started researching Vlad. And I found out that Vlad and his brother Radu, when they were teenagers, were taken prisoner um, by the Ottoman Empire. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if while they were taken prisoner by the Ottoman Empire, they were trained to hunt vampires? And uh, and that's really, it, it all came together in, within about 30, 40 minutes. And I sent that email to our edit, to, to Mirko. I said, hey, how about this idea? And he liked it. And I sent it to our editor and he liked it just based on a few sentences of what, you know, the pitch would be. And then I kind of fleshed it out and turned it into to this story. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun book. It's a different kind of, you know, it's a different kind of Vlad, Vlad the Impaler story yeah. because he is, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely teenage Vlad and Radu, uh, killing vampires and, you know, learning about the secret underground world of vampires. Yeah. Uh, and it's with, a very, with, a very bloody book. <laughs> yeah, that it is. It, it's just cool. It's just a different, putting a different alt history type spin on it. Kind of like what you did with Unholy Grail as well. Yeah, that seems to be my my go to move for for aftershock <laughs> books is this uh, this uh, alternative horror history uh, because Unholy Grail is kind of that with the King Arthur legends and 
uh, Dark Ark, you know, takes it, you know, we go biblical with it. And now, you know, uh, Brothers Dracul, we're, we're, you know, right there in Transylvanian history. Uh, and yeah, I guess that's my, uh, that, that's, that's the, uh, the, the move. Uh, the, the folks at Aftershock a- asked me if these books take place in the same universe. Oh, that would be interesting. And uh, and I told him it wasn't my initial plan that they took place in the same universe, but there's nothing saying there couldn't be some crossover appeal at some point. So who knows? You know, right. maybe uh, maybe we have some crossover with with uh, with all this, and and who knows what the next historical horror story I'm going to do with <laughs> them is. <laughs> well, you didn't. Uh, well, you have the short story in in shock, their anthology. Yes. So I mean that. You know, yes, the big ongoing ones are that, but that one wasn't really a. Yeah, that horror. one doesn't fit. In that, yeah, it doesn't fit in that universe yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, and that that's it's 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 funny because it's not stuff I think about that it would you know I never thought of it being a shared universe or anything, but uh, but heck, why not, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> Marguerite's doing it with animosity, right? So. Yeah, she's built out uh, the animosity universe. Yeah. And let's see. And then, so for Boom, it just got announced um, a couple weeks ago, or last week maybe, that Bone Parish was coming out. Yes, yes. Uh, and Bone Parish is one I'm pretty excited about. Yes. Um, Dude, I a, love that cover. The, oh, yeah. Uh, the skull cover. Oh, yeah. I like all the covers that they've, they've revealed for it so far. You know, there's a, there's a cool Tyler Crook variant that's, okay. that I think is really cool and yeah, I, I love all the the covers. I love uh, I love the uh, the artwork that Jonas Scarf is doing for it, and uh, it's it's just a it's just gonna be a fun a fun book. It's a uh, it's a you know, it's a crime story mm-hmm. uh, about a family who is trying to break into the drug trade at in New Orleans. Um, but uh, the thing is, their drug is something new on the street, and it's made from uh, the ashes of the dead. And when you do this drug, you experience the life of the dead person in some fashion. So, you know, you want to be a rock star mm-hmm. for a few minutes. You could take this drug and know what it feels like to be, you know, a rock god loved by millions, you know, singing on stage. Um, and uh, and it, it's, a, it's a book, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited about. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's one of what I feel is one of the best first issues I've ever written. Wow. Um, which is a little stressful because then I have to write. I'm trying to make sure that the other issues are as good. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and and that's, you know, I'm always trying to keep up with myself in that respect. Um, and then Boom just, uh, you know, it was originally intended to be a five-issue series. Every comic book series anymore. I don't care if it's, you know, Boom or Oni or, you know, Image or Marvel. Mm-hmm. Every comic book series is a limited series unless people buy it. Right. Um, and uh, and uh, originally Boom intended it to be, you know, a five issue arc. But we they, you know, just in the last week, we announced that we're going to do a 12 issue arc. We're going to extend it out to at least 12 issues. And uh, which is exciting for me because I really, you know, I don't normally plan short stories. I, I tend to think for a long game. Okay. So it's nice to it's nice to have a, you know, a longer story to tell to know I have this longer story to tell with Bone Parish. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's one that I, you know, just seeing the cover and then the synopsis of what it was about, and I was like, oh yeah, this is like right up my alley. <clears throat> yeah, I think it'll take I think it'll take people by surprise. They won't uh, they won't be expecting this one. And then of course, uh, 
Harrow County wrapped up last week. Yes, sadly, Harrow County is no more. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So with that one, did you have like a front, middle, and end, and this? Was the course that it ran, or did it run longer than what you expected it to? No, we had a we had a you know the the story in broad strokes. We knew you know obviously we knew how it began, but we also knew where it was going to end. Um, and early on in in the project, I asked Tyler Crook, "Hey, how many issues do you think you really want to do?" You know of this series right. because it's a big you know it's a big commitment for for an artist right. to 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 dedicate basically you know their full time job to to this you know to this comic mm-hmm. and he he had said something like 30, 30 something issues so that's what we planned for and then we had uh you know uh we had this uh you know the, like I said the, the sort of the roadblock or the the road mark markers along the way right and then we had a lot of wiggle room to to change the story. Which is, you know, I think is the best way to approach this because to anything like this, it's nice to know where things are going. But with a comic like this, I don't want to have it completely mapped out to such a degree that there's no room for uh, for, for the story to surprise you. And, uh, and there were things in Harrow County that, that kind of became big parts of the story that weren't necessarily intended to be in the book at the beginning. Um, and, and, and that's the way with any kind of big creator on book, I, that's, that's the way I did it. Things with, uh, the sixth gun, that's the way the damned worked and, and the way Harrow County works. And I just think it's a nice way to know there's an end in mind, mm-hmm. but to have some freedom to, to, you know, to surprise yourself and have fun with it. Yeah. The roadmap getting from point A to point B isn't really drawn out yet then. Right. Right. So you can take exits here and sight C if you need to, or, if, you know, that yeah, goes that way. Yeah, yeah, and new characters, you know, new characters appear, mm-hmm. and you know that's fun, and and you can follow those characters if you really like them and things like that. It's just a, it's a great way of, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's freedom in writing that way, but it's not, you know, it's not total freedom in that you do know where you're going with it. Right, right. So, okay, I, I know you, so I know that you love horror things and like the, the old school monster. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, that's how a lot of your books are wrote that's yes. creator owned or, you know, whatever. But then we come back to the Marvel side of it and it's a whole different ball game. Yes. So how do you turn off that switch or because I mean, like for uh, for Venomized, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was tons of ideas that you had that you can make it go darker if you wanted oh, to. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Or um, the old Venom run where Ghost Rider came in, because Ghost Rider would be awesome for you, too, by the way. I Look, you're, you're preaching to the choir <laughs> on Ghost Rider. You have, you have no idea how many emails and phone calls I've put out there saying, <laughs> hey, what about Ghost Rider? You know, what about... Look, I... Uh, I don't. I don't understand. I still don't understand why uh, uh, the big two is so hesitant to give me a horror title. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a. Uh, it's a. It's a tough. It's a tough sell. You know, to, yeah. to for them to to give me a horror title. Title for some reason, and and that is where uh, my most success has been in in comics in general, and and that's you know it's it's my bread and butter in comics. But uh, but I don't know. Uh, First of all, I don't know that that a real horrific comic 
is a big sell for right. the big two. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I think they've I think they've found them to be tough sells in the past. Yeah. Um, to some degree, it, it you know, but uh, I also think they haven't necessarily done it right in a bunch of years. You right. know, right. And uh, uh, and that's not that's not you know I'm not trying to insult any other creator who's I don't think there's been any real horror comic published in several years. Uh, I think you know you've got comics featuring horror characters. But not uh, they're not they're not scary books, right? You know, there, there's yeah. no fear element in the uh, in the big two, right? In the big two, yeah. you know, I think the the most recent run of uh, well, not most recent, but uh, I don't know, Swamp Thing when you know when uh, DC New Fifty Two came out, mm-hmm. that was a horror book, and so was Animal Man. Well, you know, those yeah. were, were were strong horror books, I think, and uh, and that's the kind of stuff I think uh, they should take more chances with, um, really making them horror books. Well, when, and, and, sorry, go ahead. Know. No, go ahead. No, I was just because I got like you sent out that vague tweet like a month or whatever ago with, and you said um, maybe I'll do something with Harv, right? <laughs> with us, Harvier Salteris, which yeah, and is my coach. uncle's friend. Yeah. And um, so like my light bulb went off, and I was like, because Harv used to do Ghostwriter, right? Oh yeah. And then you do horror things, and I'm like Marvel Max. Ghostwriter with those two, I'm in. Just shut up and take my money. Well, you know, it's funny. The unintended consequences. Uh, Javier and I are absolutely working on something together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but people, you know, a lot of people uh, immediately, just like you, uh, <laughs> I got so, and I think I may have posted an image of Ghostwriter or something. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just me teasing people. Uh, I can tell you that it's not a ghostwriter book that I'm working on with him. Well, yeah, but, that's uh, fine. But that would be awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, uh, he's he's such a cool guy. You know, he lives here in my my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just we want to work on something together, and and uh, and we uh, we have very very similar sensibilities. When when uh, when we sat down to talk about this book that we're going to be doing. He said, you know, I really want to do something and I'm not going to say the word he said because it'll spoil. I don't want to, sp- <laughs> I don't want to even risk giving it away. Okay. He said, I want to do something. And he said a word and I said, it's amazing because, and I opened my notebook and I had written that word at the top uh, of the page when I was thinking of what I would want to do with him as a book. And, uh, and it just, you know, it just kind of blossomed from there. So uh, super excited. Uh, you know, I, it'll be a while before we announce anything for this, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we are working on on something together. Which is awesome because he hasn't. I, I know he was doing layouts or helping layouts for another book mm-hmm. recently, but before that, it was it was just like sparingly there for a little bit. Yeah, he's absolutely underused. I think. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, and he's underappreciated. Uh, there's a there's a a Kickstarter coming out. It's not. I'm not running the Kickstarter. It's not mine. But another publisher is running a Kickstarter uh, soon, very soon. I think it'll be launching. Uh, that's sort of a horror anthology, and uh, and I wrote two of the stories in the anthology, and another wrote, writer uh, wrote two of the stories, and, and Javier drew my one of my stories. So so we'll, that'll be uh, you know that'll be announced soon, which is cool because it's it looks amazing what he's done, and. Uh, so you know you'll see little things from it here and there, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I, I'm I've got high hopes for this thing that we've started, uh, you know, kicking around ourselves. Which which is funny because like uh, let's see, 
I would say 10 years ago um, at Planet Comic Con, before it's Planet Comic Con now, when it was just in like a, the hotel room business conference room type thing. Right. Harv was there, and um, I got a ghostwriter from him. And like that's been my favorite piece since then. Well, right. it was about it was the time that he just got off Ghostwriter with uh, Textiera. So, sure. So, oh nine ish, I guess somewhere around there. But yeah, you guys on a horror book, and if it's a big two one, like even Swamp Thing, or you know for DC, or Ghostwriter for Marvel, or hell even Johnny Hellstrom, I'll take that. Man, I. I look again. It's uh, I have pitched so many times uh, horror books, and you know, so what I've done is I've st- I do a lot of stealth horror. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Mag- my book Magneto that I wrote for Marvel was right. absolutely a horror story mm-hmm. with Magneto as the you know as, as the lead, and uh, and Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, which was yes. a very successful book for Marvel. That's a horror book. Yeah. I mean, it's there's you know I pitched it to them as this is Deadpool if Deadpool was a mix of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, you know, and it's uh you know it, it, so there there are horror books out there they're just not branded that way and and sometimes right. I kind of have to stealth I have to I have to get my uh, my horror my horror jollies um, <laughs> sort of on the sly. Um, years ago I wrote a uh, an annual for Carnage. A Carnage Annual, so a one-shot. Mm-hmm. And I really went went for it with the horror elements. And my editor called me and was like, you've got it. You can't do this. You just cannot. Huh. We can't publish this book. It's it's too uh, – it goes too far. Um, and I still wish they published the, the one that went too far. It was yeah. a much better book. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully Marvel will bring back Marvel Max or you know Marvel Knights or something that has that mature side to it. Because without, well, you know, without, without that, yeah, without that, we wouldn't have got Punisher by Ennis, and that right, was, no, you're, you know, yeah, there, there are definitely cool books out there, you know, from that that era and that that vein, um, you know, and everything's cyclical, right? We know at some point it's going to come back, right? I mean, it's just the way things work, um, but uh, but who knows when that will be? Yeah, uh, so you've had your hand in lots of Marvel characters and books, right? Yes. What is one character that you haven't gotten to write yet that you would love to? Mm. Um, with Marvel, it would probably be uh, – it's going to be one of the, the horror characters. Uh, Shocker, I, huh? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to write uh, a Hellstorm book. Okay. Uh, Son of Satan or, you know – you know, man thing. Even though I've, I think I've written man thing and a few you know things here and there, but I've always wanted to do a you know a man thing title. Um, sadly, the the books that that are going to be at the top of my list um, are not what Marvel would consider big money maker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big money right. makers. Yeah. These characters that just don't you know historically don't support uh, a series. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones I'd you know I'd love to do something with. Uh, even though this is a character I have written before. You know, I have high hopes and dreams of one day doing uh, a book about this character. Uh, when I wrote Venom for Marvel, I introduced this character named Mania, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I would love. I have tried and tried to do something more with Mania um, over the years, and would still love to have a to do a Mania book at some point. Maybe you have to slip him into as Guardians of the Galaxy somehow. 
Yeah, that, that well, I don't know. I mean, Mania doesn't. She doesn't fit in. She, that's the problem. Is I would love to figure a way to do that, but, yeah. but I, I even I have to admit she doesn't fit in a in in a story about a bunch of Asgardians flying around yeah. through space. That's true. That is true. So you're so let's talk about or do you want to talk about Deadpool Assassin? We can talk whichever whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> whatever you you're, want to talk about. You're, you're in charge here. <laughs> so Deadpool Assassins. Yes. Um, that that's just a mini, right? Yeah, or, it's a it's a five issue five issue mini series. Okay. Wait, five six? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a five or six issue mini series. There you go. I have to look and see how many issues I wrote of it. It's been a while. I mean, it's been a book that has been in the the works for a while now. It's a six issue miniseries. There you go. Um, yeah, so six issue miniseries. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been done with it for several months. But uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, and it's it's all illustrated um, by the great Mark Bagley, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I think it's some of his best work. And it is a, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it. It's a super violent Deadpool story. It is it is absolutely set in uh, in the Marvel universe. It's not a imaginary story or an alternate universe story. Okay. And and it's just uh you know it's it's Deadpool going on. It's kind of a back to basics Deadpool story. He's doing mercenary work and uh, and he is uh, he's killing fools <laughs> and um and he's a uh, you know it, it's it's Deadpool facing very real challenges and he's doing it in sort of his offbeat way it's yeah. it's not what i would consider a it's not a goofy book it's you not, know, the, it's not the, a typical deadpool book yeah it's it, you know and i don't think most of the stuff i've done with deadpool i don't like to think of it as a typical goofball right. story yeah. i mean it's the the stories that he that the stories are very uh are played straight they're they're very serious stories there's you know real stakes real villains but deadpool's kind of approaching these you know it's, it's his approach to them mm-hmm. his sort of really dark really violent sort of offbeat approach to the you know the stories that's that's uh that makes it you know makes it a deadpool book yeah definitely it to me because there's a lot of deadpool books that i don't like because of the funny haha part of it right yeah but i love the deadpool movies yeah and and this is this is probably a little closer in tone to the deadpool movies yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah and i used to tell people that this is a you know this is a deadpool book for people who hate deadpool (laughs) yeah right i mean it's it's not a it's not a you know people who like deadpool will enjoy it but people who hate the 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 real looney tunes aspect of deadpool right will be able to get behind this book i think and enjoy it and and make no mistake you know when you know when i you know when i took this project i told folks i was like you know if you know if we're going to call the book deadpool assassin and deadpool's going to come you know run afoul of various characters in the marvel universe there's a good chance those characters are going to die because <laughs> you know if they don't it doesn't make deadpool look you know yeah. <laughs> deadpool's not much of an assassin right right so i mean it's you know it's a bloody book i think uh you know, in the in the second issue, there were uh, there were you know there are several deaths of characters in that second issue. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 it's not over yet. Yeah, it's it's to me it's more in tone of how Deadpool was on X Force and Reminder's run. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's quite as you know that book was pretty dark. I love that book. Um, well, because yeah, it's so yeah, dark. right. Because yeah. it's so dark, so it's not quite as dark there, but 
but uh, but yeah, it's it's I would say it's closer to that, and I think towards the end of the six issues, uh, it definitely you know there's definitely some uh, there's definitely some moments that I right. think uh, people that were a fan of that kind of story will will enjoy this as well. Yeah, well, um, my son who is going to be eighteen in in a couple of weeks. Um, he got to meet you the fir- for the first time. You're his celebrity writer in comic books at uh, a local signing that we had here. But at that time, it, you were co-writing Drax with CM yes. Punk. Yes. How how was that experience? Uh, you know, it was awesome. Um, every time you co-write something, it's a little you know, it's a little different. You know, you, you know, I've co-written a lot of books in my time, and uh, and sometimes. It's just co-writing in name only. Mm-hmm. It's uh, y- even though it says co-writing, I've written every word of the story. Right. You know, um, sometimes uh, the co-writer and I don't necessarily uh, mesh as well as we could. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and that was a that's probably the question I got the most when I was working on the book is how much work is CM Punk really doing on this project? <laughs> and uh, and the answer is he. You know, he absolutely carried his own weight. He wrote half of every issue, and and we so we you know we brainstormed the book together. I would write up a rough outline of the issue with uh with sort of a breakdown of who should write which pages right. because what we didn't want to do was uh, we didn't want to do something where uh, I would write pages one through ten and he would write pages eleven through twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we thought that would be too obvious, so we broke it up. You know, he'd write one through three, and I'd write four, five, and six, and you know, we just broke it up. But, but every issue we wrote, you know, each of us wrote ten pages, and then we kind of took it at the end of that and smoothed it out. But uh, it was one of the, you know, it was a fun experience for me. Uh, Drax is a book that I think was, uh, you know, it, 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 when I think back on Drax, I I can only imagine, I can only remember how much fun I had working on those stories and how. Um, how crazy the you know the book was. I mean, we brought back Planet Terry for goodness sakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know there were you know just so many you know cool little beats like that. Yeah. Um, that uh, I, I wish we could have continued with. Yeah, I I've been meaning to ask you that forever since I mean that was a couple of years ago. So, but every time you know I see you at a convention or whatever, it's just we get off on some other tangent and go from there. <laughs> No, it was it was a lot of fun, and I mean, he's just he's a fun guy to work with. He has a lot of fun ideas. You know, my favorite thing he contributed to it is something nobody even picks up on, and that is uh, we added Pip the Troll to yeah. to the series, mm-hmm. and Pip the Troll famously smokes a cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at his past appearances, he always has a big cigar in his mouth. Yep. And Marvel now has a policy where you cannot see anyone smoking. Um, so when Pip the Troll shows up, he's just covered in nicotine patches. He, the, the, the cover that he's on, he just has nicotine patches all over him. And we never draw attention to it. We never say, hey, these are your nicotine patches. Right. We just have him throughout the book wearing nicotine patches. And that was, a, that was Punk's idea, and I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I, love that, I love that he's always seen wearing nicotine patches now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure if he appears in other books, he's not going to appear with nicotine patches on. Right. But right. Uh, but that to me, it is canon that he is always covered in in nicotine <laughs> patches, even if you can't see them. That's right. There. Yes. <laughs> he just got to slap them on, or he's put them in places that no one wants to look. Yeah. Well, let's 
let's wrap it up with uh, talking about as Guardians of the Galaxy then. Let's do it. So you have you want to announce the team? Uh, yeah, you want now you're testing me to see if I can remember my own team yeah. without looking at them. Um, so uh, as Guardians of the Galaxy, just like it sounds, it's a story about uh, as Guardians uh, in space, mm-hmm. and uh, it is you know it's a it's it's a pretty uh, interesting team I think. Uh, we've got uh, Angela, uh, who you know the 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 huntress from from heaven revealed to be Thor's, you know, sister secretly. Um, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy for a while as well. Yep. So we've got uh, we've got Angela, we've got uh, Valkyrie, um, who I've written uh, many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so Valkyrie's on the team. Uh, Scourge the Executioner, mm-hmm. uh, last seen in hell uh, and dead, so we don't know how he's come back. Um, we have Thunderstrike. Yes. Uh, young Thunderstrike. So this isn't uh, the Thunderstrike from the nineties. It's it's his son, okay. uh, Kevin. It, it, so it's 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 the the younger version of Thunderstrike who's been around in Marvel uh, more recently, but I don't think has really gotten a lot of lot of real you know a lot of real screen time. Right. But Thunderstrike. Uh, then we have the Destroyer, the giant robot. Uh, you know, Asgardian weapon of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. And we have a uh, Throg, which is the Thor frog. Right. Um, and, and we have one secret member of the group that I, I haven't revealed yet. Oh, all right. That, that will be revealed at the end of the first issue. Okay. Well, let's keep that one in the wraps then. Yes. Um, so give me the premise of, I mean, I know the premise, but give the listeners the premise of this book. A bunch of Asgardians go out in space, beat up people. That's um, it. Done. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun adventure story. Um, in this book, the this group of Asgardians and Angela brings this group together because um, there is a, an Asgardian weapon out in space that is is being uh, that has been taken by a, a cosmic villain, uh, and I, I want to announce who that villain is, but I. It keeps going back and forth. I can't remember if it's been announced yet or not. I, I I'd heard it, that the villain had been announced. I haven't seen but, it, so yeah. So I'll keep it just in case. It's not me trying to not say it for for no reason. It, just in case it hasn't been announced. No, that's fine. But th- there's a cosmic villain. Uh, uh, so as you can imagine, it's a well-known cosmic villain. It'll be a villain that when people see the character, they'll be oh, there we know we know who that is cosmic ghost rider. Ah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is a, you know, this villain has taken this Asgardian weapon for various reasons. Angela, that that will be revealed. Angela cannot uh, tell Thor and Odin about what's going on, what she's up to. So she kind of pulls together this uh, this ragtag team to go out and uh, and take care of this, uh, you know, to take care of this weapon and and, and get it into check. Uh, and as as you know, along the way, they're going to be encountering a lot of mainstays of 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 the cosmic Marvel universe, and uh, and they're just going to go on a, a rip roaring adventure. They have an awesome spaceship that they tool around the galaxy in, and they uh, you know they they duke it out with some real nasty customers. See, that's awesome because uh, one of my one of my friends that's uh, on the podcast network too. Our little joke is everything, if you say a character's name, to make it better, 
well, you just say in space, right? Right. So, so um, yeah. Angela in space, and that's awesome. And one of our favorite Marvel events is Annihilation, which happens oh, yeah. in space. Yeah, that awesome. That's the cosmic. So, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to this book. Because yeah, I, I, think, I, I don't think there's enough cosmic stuff going on right now. Yeah, I you know I pitched I pitched this thing in 2015. Oh. I I pitched this series and it's kind of just been standing. It's it, it was a book that the editor wanted to do. Uh, he loved the idea of the title, you know. Uh, so we were gonna you know we were gonna do it, but it's just kind of been in limbo, um, waiting for its moment, I guess. And it, you know, obviously, I think the Thor Ragnarok movie couldn't have hurt. You know, yeah, right. uh, the idea of doing an Asgard book in space. Right. Um, but uh, and, and and obviously the the last Avengers movie, Thor running around with the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, things like that don't hurt right. the chances of a book like this. Right. But uh, but, yeah, I'm glad we're finally, you know, finally able to, to tell this story. Yeah. Uh, totally looking forward to it. And that's out in September. I believe so. And once you read it, you'll never look at a frog Thor <laughs> the same way. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's wrap it up because I know you got other things to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be writing some more tonight. So there you go. Um, you're always welcome to come back, no matter what you yeah. want to talk about. You, we could just talk whatever you want. The pulse of the comic industry, whatever you want to do. All right. No, uh, that sounds awesome. I'd love to. Um, everybody, go to Kickstarter, search Metro. You have until. Um, this will get released on Friday, so you have until Sunday morning to back it. Retailers back it. Anybody back it. There's a couple of pledges that's already gone. Um, is there anything I'm that you want to? No, I think uh, you know it's it's a it, as far as you know supporting this. The nice thing about it is you know we'll have distribution of this book post Kickstarter. You know after after the people who support the book get their copies. Uh, the trade paperbacks will be, you know, your your comic book store will be able to order the trade paperbacks. But if you back in on the Kickstarter, you can get these great hardcovers, which are limited edition. Uh, you know, anything the 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 printed books that are backed on Kickstarter um, come with like signed book plates. You know, there, so there's there's a lot of cool little extras that you get for uh, for supporting it. You know, on the on this on this you know this platform yep and the $15 add-on for the extra book yeah there's a there's a $15 uh there's a sort of a the, we introduced these three characters called the wide-eyed three who are these raving raving uh conspiracy theorists and we're doing sort of a special uh book that you can only get through the kickstarter that's uh sort of their manifesto which is just full which is an it's a little black and white pamphlet style book mm-hmm. but uh it's an illustrated sort of guide to their rantings which is a lot of fun that brian and i are writing right now so it's a uh, it's a lot of fun well where can they reach you sir uh you know you can always check out my website which is easy to find it's uh cullenbun.com and then twitter is probably the the place i'm most active on social media and and that's you know just at cullen bun so it's easy to easy to find me there as well
wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Ooh. Nerdy Legion. NerdyLegion.com.